0: to ABW Live. Um, we scored a goal, and we got a point. We didn't lose. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm your host, John, for this evening, and joining me tonight, I have Nick. Nick, how you doing? Yeah, not doing too bad. How are you, John? Yeah, uh, feeling a little bit better, as quite honestly, before this game kicked off, I thought we were probably going to lose about 3 or 4 nil. So, uh, happy days on that one. Uh, just a quick hello to the chat box. Hello, everyone in the chat box. Uh, I think who was first in the box tonight? It was Phil Macker. So you get the award for... No, you don't win it, I think, at all, because we never
1: give out awards, do we?
0: Uh, Right. Shall we get into the game, then?
1: Um, Yeah, let's get it over with.
0: Yeah. uh, Lineups. Obviously, Partey's still injured. Nelson's still injured. Xhaka and Bellerin suspended. So I guess the big news was... Lacazette was dropped, but not massive, because he has been a couple of times. But the big one was Willian, I guess, was the big news from today's game. The fact he was dropped to the bench, because he seems like an ever-present in Arteta teams. What did you make of the uh, line-up tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, considering Willian's Arteta's signing, Mm. you'd expect him to play most of the games. But he hasn't looked that good this year at all, to be honest. I mean, I remember I really liked him in his early days at Chelsea, I thought, oh, we could do with a player like that. Mm. And I was like, we've waited until he's like 32, 33 and finished. <laughs> and we signed him. And I'm like, plus also the fact, apparently he only came to us because we offered him a three-year deal over Chelsea's two-year deal. And he prefers to stay in London. Doesn't you know say to me that his heart's in playing for Arsenal as much yeah. as it should be.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of what, Arteta could pick, I think it's probably the best lineup. Obviously Pepe coming back in after his suspension. There was a few people calling to see um uh Balogun on the bench. And I think I know you said that as well, Nick. Yeah. There's maybe another option. But he did have uh who is it, Joe Willock, he had Lacazette, and he had Willian on the bench, so um, he still had some attacking options to change it, but yeah, I'm, I'm like yourself. I wouldn't have minded to see see Balogun playing. Uh, it looked to me at first before the game it was going to be three at the back, but I think we played a lot of it with four, and it was that constantly shifting from a three to a four to a five thing, depending whether with the ball or not. And Saka looked to be the one to come back in when it was a back five. I guess the the first half really was dreadful. Uh, from an Arsenal perspective. We just had no energy, none of the ball, and Southampton were... It's not the best I've seen them play this season, but they were comfortable. I don't don't know what you thought, because I thought they could have easily stepped it up again.
1: Yeah, it was weird. It's like they were waiting for us to have all the possession, try and dictate play and all that, and after about 10 minutes, they just thought, oh, actually, this, this is a lot of crap at the moment. All right, well, we'll have the ball then. And I think they've done us, If I don't know if it was eventually, but definitely in the first us, they've done us pretty much everywhere in possession, passes, oh. and obviously, which we'll get on to later, goal or goal, one goal.
0: Yeah, yeah no, they, they really did. They outpassed us. I so thought they pressed us a lot better. I did see that was the one difference, I thought, from us tonight. Although we didn't do it very well, we were attempting to press again, which I don't... I haven't seen for quite a few weeks now Um, and I don't know if that's more a case of because we at times were playing with a back three and we seem to press better in that uh, system, but Southampton were much the better team. Um, Just want to say one thing from the off and some people in the chat box might agree with this, some people might not. I've seen loads of people on Twitter saying this result is not good enough. I don't understand what people are watching at the moment because If you've watched Arsenal in the last 10 games, we're in dreadful form. And most people would look at that squad and say, all right, maybe seventh at the very peak is probably where its ceiling is. Southampton are currently, I think they're only behind Liverpool in the form for the whole of 2020 for like the actual year's performance. They are currently one of the best performing teams in the league. There was no way I was going into that game thinking, oh,
1: we'll win this. Yeah, Can I just say, yeah. if they'd have beat us, they'd have gone top. Yeah. At least until other yeah. rubbish teams played later yeah. on. you know. So I mean, one, uh, and plus, they've not really we've not done well against them over the last few years, especially around this time of year. They've definitely been one of our bogey sides. No, yeah. no matter whether we're playing. I remember a few years ago, we were playing really well. I think that was the year Leicester won it. And we were actually playing really well. I think we beat Man City and we ended up getting spanked 4-0 by them. Like yeah. on, was it Boxing Day or New Year's Day, something like that?
0: Yeah, I think that was the, the famous
1: Chesney smoker in the shower incident, Yeah, And it? then basically everything collapsed, yeah. as it does, yeah. usually for us. But.
0: but you know, so this this was always going to be a really, really difficult team, uh, team to play against in in the form that we're in, and again although it's some of the changes that a lot of fans wanted to see a lot of them were enforced through either injuries or suspensions you know i'm sure if reese nelson wasn't injured he probably would have been an option from the bench um you know if Parsi's not injured he's going to be playing um bellerin and jacker i don't know (laughs) maybe that's ones people didn't want to see in the team um but i guess we'll we'll go to their goal and of course it had to be nick Fear walcott that was like written, like, hands down, odds on fucking it was going to be the goal, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had um, Julian in our Discord group. He actually called that about four or five minutes before. He said, Walcott's going to score against us, is he? I said, well, no, you said it, he will. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I mean, has has he actually done anything in the nearly three years that he's left us? I mean, he didn't really do anything at Everton. But somehow they've actually got him playing quite well. And obviously, because, you know, that's his boyhood club and he's got emotions, you know, to that side and stuff like that. He's, he's, you know, I'm surprised that's probably one of the best games he's had for five years for any club.
0: Yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything particularly amazing at Everton. And then obviously, I think since he's gone back to Saints, it's all clicked for him again. And I mean, I'm pleased for Theo that it's working out because he was always a player I liked and I never harbored any ill will against him when he did leave. Obviously, it's annoying that he scored tonight. But just defensively, And I know a lot of people are digging out Tierney for this one because I did think his body shape was all wrong when the ball came through to Walcott. But for me, that goal is much more on Gabriel and how high he pushes up and just leaves all that space for him to run into.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what happened. Well, as usual, one pass just bypassed the whole midfield. Mm. And then El Nene, I'm not sure what he was doing, whether he fell over or he was trying to do something, but he ended up playing it off of Gabriel, who for some reason spent a lot of today playing like, central midfield yeah. and sort of bounced off him and just went straight out to Theo, who'd done one of his usual, you know, 10 yards of pace and just chipped the goalkeeper. And, you yeah. know, I'm not really sure what what he was thinking, to be honest. I mean, Gianni, yeah, yeah. Maybe his, you know, like say, his body shape could have been a little bit better. But I think that's just nitpicking and blaming the bloke who got closest to the ball. I mean, really, like I say, a set, where Walcott was at the time, a centre half should have been going with him, not a yeah. not a left back. Because
0: it, was, it for me, it was very strange because when I, I kept watching the goal back and I'm looking, and am going, is that Tierney's out of position or is Saka not coming in and covering? But then every time I watch it, I just see the build-up to it and Gabriel stepping so high up the pitch. Yeah. And it, so many times tonight, he was just like stepping to the halfway line or even higher to try and win the ball. And I, I like that aggression. It's something we really liked about Koscielny, but there's times to do it. And just, yeah, tonight when you're playing against pacey players, especially when you've got Walcott and um, who's the other guy out on the other side? Oh, what is his name? Uh, Armstrong. Um it, it's just it's like a recipe for disaster in terms of what's gonna happen, especially when you've got Tierney on that side who you know is gonna be high up the pitch and always pushing forward. So yeah, really, really stupid goal to concede. Um definitely what Southampton deserved because they were easily the better team yeah. in the first half. Um I was talking to uh I'm sure some of the listeners will remember Ross, who used to be in the hipsters podcast with big Southampton fan. He was not confident at all before the game, he never is, but they, you know, I just said to him at the moment after that goal went in, I was like, if you turn it up a notch, your team, then you can get three or four here because we were there for the taking big time in that first half. We were not at it. It just felt like we were slow to anything, slow in the up. We couldn't keep the ball. We couldn't string passes together. Nothing was sticking up front. Like Pepe couldn't hold the ball when Katie or that they, they basically might as well have not been in the game the first half.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It seems after they scored, they thought they were playing against, you know, 10 years ago Arsenal, not at the moment Arsenal. And Mm -hmm. they just sort of seemed to, you know, start to sit back and try to catch us on the break where really, like I said, if they'd have stepped up and gone for the throw, they could have probably been 3-0 up at half time.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, also, I forgot to say hello to anyone
0: who's watching on Periscope or Facebook or what's it? Oh, or Twitch as well, as MJL2999 is also saying. And he screams out Saka, who we'll get to in a bit. Um, yeah, we, we're not going to go as long as we did on the last show tonight. We're doing it a bit quicker. Um, but, yeah, the first half was basically all Southampton. And last 10 minutes of the first half, I thought we'd start to come into it a little bit more. Saka was getting on the ball a little bit, but still not really enough for me. And I'd always, I always thought as we started to push forward, I was kind of thinking we're going to get down on the count here. So I was kind of pleased at half halftime. Um, second half, however, I did think we were much better and kind of in the same way in the Burnley game where we had that terrible first half, didn't do anything. Second half, Arteta's obviously got them in, said like, this is not good enough. You know, you really need to up the tempo. And we started to move the ball quicker and we're getting the forwards on the ball for a change.
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have been much worse in the first half. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how we could play much worse than we have. Well, maybe we've got Chelsea and Everton coming up, so maybe we could stoop to no levels of no. But I just don't know why. I mean, we're set up for probably two or three months. Why we are just so slow? And when we see how we score our goal, when we talk about that in a bit later Um, just how quick and beautiful that was why are we not doing that all the time I don't know what this slow trying to play it out from the back going up and down the pitch really slow just for some reason launch and crosses into the box when no one's there and even if there is anyone there they haven't actually got the you know technique to actually header a goal from there anyway yeah it's it
0: is very strange at the moment i did think the, the one noticeable thing in the first half in particular was we weren't playing out from the back as much leno was going longer a lot more tonight i don't know if that was more to do with then up for up front and perhaps mikhail thought they might be able to stick there also they've got vestergaard who's he's good in the air but if you can get it past him he's slow to recover he's got a bit of the bfgs about him um but yeah we'll we'll jump onto the goal Aubameyang finally breaks his duck at the right end of the pitch, which is fucking brilliant news. And it was a nice, neat, tidy finish. Nice little flick through from Eddie. But that whole goal was all about Saka. Yeah. How good is that kid? Seriously.
1: Unbelievable. I don't know. Just the last year or so, he's just playing with so much freedom. So, Like I said, he's, he's just playing on in the park with his mates. He doesn't care. I mean, it was a lovely little ball out from um, Gabriel to him. And he just looked up and thought, do you know what? Sod this, I'm having you. And then he just took on Walcott, put him on his ass, skinned another one, put another player on his ass, and then just played a lovely through ball to obviously Eddie. And again, one-time pass in for Bamiang, first-time finish. And I'm thinking, wow, that's what we always used to do and what we should be doing. But whereas, you know, what we have been doing for the last, let's say, four months, Saka would have just stopped, checked back, Back into midfield, up and down the pitch. And I think, why is he not allowed? Well, unless he's been told not to do that, why is he not to? I know you can't do that every game, but take people yeah. on, tr- try and they're not that, cl- you know, we have got some good players and we've we got that, you know, players with pace. And when you're running at someone and you've got pace and you've got a trick, which obviously Saka, he has got a trick in him or two. Yeah. Defenders and fullbacks hate people running at them. So just yeah. run out and see what you go. Because what are they going to do? Are they going to bring you down and get booked or they're going to let you go and that's going to end up in a goal?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's what I love about watching Saka is that it doesn't seem to phase him at all. We are going for a really difficult period. And even the games where we have lost, like Burnley and stuff, anything good that has happened in the game, it's always been him that's done it. He's tried to make something happen. And sometimes he does force it a little bit too hard, but that's, Again, that's just his age and inexperience. But when he pulls it off, oh, that was honestly just yeah, riding free tackles, putting players in their arse, and then just the intelligence to go, right, Eddie's there. I can pick him out. He can do the one-two. And the thing is, I think if Abamyang doesn't even make that run, it's going to fall back to Saka anyway, and then hopefully he gets the finish. But, I mean, it's, it's good for Saka because it just builds his confidence even more. I think it's good for Eddie as well because although he's obviously been doing well in the Europa League, In the Premier League, he really hasn't put in any performances. The big thing for me is the fact that it's Aubameyang's finally got a goal. Now, after that, he had another sort of half chance that he didn't really take. But that first goal, when you're on a drought like that as a striker like he is, who is that is his whole game really is scoring goals. He's not the best link man in the world. Um,
1: It's so important because he looked so short of confidence before that went in, didn't he? We could really say that about most of our players look short at confidence. They keep like zooming in on the players and that's you know, pretty much from minute one, that's hands on the hips, shaking heads, and they just look so I suppose the word and for Arsenal supporters is just frustrated because you know, relevant people say, this squad under Arteta should be doing better than it is. Not saying we should be going for the league or even you know challenging for top four like right now we are better than what we are where we are at the moment and i still i mean we're not going to finish 15th 16th or even end up in a relegation fight but between what 7th 8th 9th 10th probably that's probably where this this team is at the moment how well how we're playing
0: yeah i don't i don't i know a lot of people are worried about relegation and because of obviously if you look at the table right now it's very frightening as an Arsenal fan, but I personally, I don't see it. I think there's teams much worse than us who get a lucky result here. And like, I mean, you look at some of the results of the league at the moment; some of them are absolutely nuts. So, um, you know, I wasn't expecting Everton to go out and beat—they uh, beat Leicester tonight, didn't they? And and then Leeds score five against Newcastle, and yeah, just really, really strange. Um, I know the, the big worry for people is goals, but I do think they're coming. Um, the one thing I would say is that this game and the Burnley game in both games before the sending off, which we'll get to in a bit, we've looked like it's getting better throughout the game and we're looking like we're creating more chances. So it's, you look at the, I think they did the XG for the Burnley game and we were nearly 2.0, something like that data in the chat will probably tell me what the exact XG was. Um, but it did improve as the game went on. I think tonight as well, if you look at the end of the first half into the second half, we were getting more chances and in getting into better positions. But again, the big issue is we shoot ourselves in the foot and it's comes from our player who probably has been one of our best players this season in Gabriel. just really stupid decision to pull down Walcott.
1: Yeah. I mean, like we said earlier, he was pushing way up the pitch tonight. Whether that's because, you know, Xhaka wasn't there and El Nene, which it did seem Tobias was miles away from helping him, but also miles away from actually helping a or Zaka. He just, like, it's like he was in no man's land. You know, he's, he's not a midfielder, he's not like a number 10. And yeah, so he, you know, he comes out on, you know, fair enough. He gets touched tight to Walcott pretty much on the centre half, you know, on the centre line, Um, which is where you want him to be. He's got to be touch tight. But as soon as Walcott flicks that ball and turns, and he's got you on the turn with his pace, even now, you just got to let him go. You know, he's got 45 yards to run into space. You've got players behind you. You've got time. And especially when you're on a yellow card, that is just stupid. Just hands up, stop just let him go don't do it it looks like he's already on a yellow guard as well I mean yeah I mean to be fair there was a lot of scrap especially for Southampton in the first half a lot of them breaking the play up which is cynical fouls like mm. on the center circle which I think they got a player booked for it as well
0: yeah quite early yeah.
1: so yeah. you could say at least he's being consistent but to make a you know to make a challenge like that when you're already booked that's, it's kind of
0: stupid it's, it's the the amount of time between the two bookings as well, it's literally four minutes. He's already been booked, so he knows he's fresh in his mind. And i, I never have a problem with a centre back getting touched start, especially with a pacey player. But if you get rolled like that, yeah. you cannot touch them. You really can't. And he knows he knows holding and tier near behind him because he's come so far forward already. So he knows they're behind him to cover. And it yeah, just really stupid decision. Um I I genuinely don't know what is going on with the... Oh, sorry. Liverpool beating Tottenham. Wonderful. um Oh, cheering Liverpool. That feels weird. But anyway. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with the discipline at the moment. Like, Xhaka, having watched him for years at Gladbach and obviously been in the Arsenal team for a long time, that's something that can just happen whenever. And we know David Luiz has got that in him as well. But there has been a lot of red cards um. And I don't think that's from Arteta telling the players to commit more fouls or anything like that or cynical fouls. I just think it comes from frustration of the players. They're getting annoyed that when he first came in, everything was working. But then right now it's like nothing is working and they're just getting very, very annoyed um, with the way things are going and they're lashing out.
1: Yeah, it's, that's, that's a word again? isn't it, frustration. You could see they know they can play better than they have been individually, yeah. collectively, and I mean, I mean, Jack has like completely reset the clock. Twelve months until you know he got booed off the pitch yeah. last year, and and I'm not sure why. How Arteta's now all of a sudden playing him, how Emery played him again, and I'll, and that's not just him. There's just, there's a lot of. I mean, you obviously knew Xhaka from. You know, bad back. And I remember when we signed him, everyone was like, "Oh, we finally got our defensive midfielder, brilliant!" And we signed him before the was it the Euros for Switzerland? And, and then I think I was it watching, was, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, "Oh, let's watch this new DM, the new Gilberto." And after ten minutes of watching, it was like he ain't the defensive midfielder. you no never way. been one. No. He's <laughs> never been one. And I don't want to say this mean. I don't think he's got the you know the football and brain and awareness like needed to be that, you know, he doesn't Mm -hmm. read the game as well. And as quickly as someone like a Gilberto or a McAleary or a Kante does where, you know, they might not actually, I mean, Jack is not quick. It doesn't really matter if you're in the position where you need to be half a yard before they're there. It doesn't matter. He hasn't got that ability. He's, you know, we see how he even now plays for Switzerland. I don't know why we're playing him as a DM. Yeah. When, he, you know, he needs to play. I mean, if he was to play with someone like parte, who probably isn't, you know, an out-and-out DM as well, mm-hmm. I think he would do better if he was allowed to just, you know, be given the ball. He's got 10 or 15 yards of space to play in. Ping lovely balls, you know, for you know the odd shot occasion, and that's what he do. But I don't know why Arteta's playing so many players, exposing their weaknesses. Because I,
0: I watched a, a very interesting thing earlier on uh, Twitter, and it was an old Sky video, Gary Neville and Carriga, when they do their Monday night talks, and it was from when Emery was in charge, um, and Neville was basically saying, "If you're the manager." Um, And obviously, it's different circumstances when Emery came into Arteta, because he said, if you're the manager and you have had success like Emery has, why should you go to a club and adapt? You go in, you tell the players, this is what I want you to do. If you cannot do that, then you're gone. And the moment that you adapt is when you show weakness and then you start to lose the dressing room and everything else. I think that's what did happen under Emery and you saw the players start to turn on him and you had that old Ozil thing and you had it again with Pepe and the players just lost faith of him. Um, now, I think the difference is obviously Arteta's come in, the players at first really, really backed him. There's clearly some stuff going on in the dressing room from all the reports that have been in the papers recently and some of them have either lost faith of him or just fed up with the way they've been treated. Now, the obvious ones would be someone like Erz or Socratis, But those guys, although they're not in the squad, they're still at the club and they're still on the training ground every day. And they're a big enough influence that they are going to affect certain players and their attitudes on the pitch. The issue Arteta's got is that he can't really change his selection. I mean, we've got... With Partey injured, you've basically got Elneny and Solias. That's our only centre midfielders. We don't have anyone else we can really play there. People are saying about Maitland-Niles. Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, if you watched him tonight... I'm not sure how people think Maitland-Niles can play in midfield because the boy cannot pass. Yeah. Like, I love his run-in and I love the way he takes a penalty and he's casual and cool and little tricks and stuff. But he's passing. is really not good enough. Um, you know, and then it's... Oh, God, Son's just scored. Fuck's sake. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Maitland-Niles, like he's an Arsenal boy, we, we and always, we're always a little bit... Got the blinkers on with one of our players. But, I mean, like you said... I sort, of, I sort of agree with you. say what happened with Emery and Arteta, where he's got a way of wanting them to play and either play his way or leave. Mm. That's all good and well, but these players are not 18, 19-year-old kids. No. You know, they're mid-20s, late-20s. You know, we've got World Cup winners, league winners, obviously not over here, but, you know, they're good players. They know what they can do and they know what they can't do. And if they're being asked to do what they can't do and they've said to Mikel, look, mate, I've never done that my whole career. What? That's not what you bought me for. That's not what I've ever done. Why are you playing me in a position to make me look bad and in a position to make me fail, which does mm-hmm. seem to what he's doing of a lot of players? You know, that's sort of, I don't know if I said the right word, you know, man management, you know, which, you know, yeah, you got to set out, you know, your team to play well, but if you set out a team, you should say, right, I will get the best out of your strengths whilst hiding your weaknesses. Just, you know, to make it really simple, like Mertesacker, Mm. good reading the ball, good header and slow as hell. You know, we knew that he's got no pace. If anything, you'd give him minus pace, how slow he was. So did we, under Arsene Wenger, ever put him in a position where 5 6 times a game he's got to go on a foot race for someone no yeah but what you know i know that's just breaking it down extremely simply but why are we trying to make other players do things that they've never done and are not comfortable to doing? that's why they look what i say frustrated
0: yeah um i mean i, I look through the squad and i mean we obviously just getting back to the game quickly and then we'll we'll talk about the squad more as a whole Obviously, after the sending off, then we're just back to the wall. And I thought, actually, we defended quite well. for thought David Luiz did well when he came on and Joe Willock, um, you know. And obviously, then Pepe was taken off for Cedric. And I know people wanted three points tonight. But I think, given the circumstances, um, the fact we finally got the goal, we were getting back into the game. And up until the Gabriel sending off, much like the Burnley game, I thought we were the better team again um, as it went on. And then we're in a position where you just cannot push against that Southampton team, especially with the pace they've got. So you just have to hold out for the point. And and also, right at the death there, Holding had a great header, and it, unfortunately for him, because he still hasn't got his first Premier League goal, ends up coming off the post. Um, But yeah, that was it, 1-1, really. And I'm not, I'm sort of mixed between, I'm happy because I thought we showed resilience and I thought we improved in the second half. But the first half was so dreadful that it drags you back down again. Um, Every time I look at this squad And I think I've said this already A couple of times this season There is very few players That I'd be like I'll be upset if he left And it comes down to about four It's like Tierney, Gabriel, Party, And Saka The rest of the players I don't particularly care that much about I'm not overly fussed if they left and it would have probably included the had he been anywhere near like even half of his form last season. But his head seems to have dropped as well. Um, I just, so what I wanted to ask you, Nick, was going through the players that came in today, obviously, sort of so the changes. we will go through them one by one and just see how you thought they did. Um, Maitland Niles first was in for Bellerin, who was suspended. What did you make of him today at right back?
1: Was he playing it right back? I, th- I thought he spent most of his time in. That was weird because we were like sometimes three at the back, sometimes mm. five. He was sort of... It's like when we had the ball, he was going trying to go into midfield to help El And when we didn't have the ball, he was trying to get back and defend. But he was you know, pretty much stuck in no man's land for the most of the game, just like chasing the shadows for most of the game. Um, yeah,
0: um, I, I personally I wasn't overly impressed with him. I thought when we went down to ten, he defended quite well. But it's a lot easier to defend when you're sat on the edge of your 18m box.
1: Yeah, but um, that was that's what he was just told to do, just yeah. defend. And then yeah. obviously we brought on Louise, who, like mm. I said, he was control. He took over
0: control. Yeah, he was exactly. telling
1: Leno what to do. I think a couple of times he went over and told Leno, "No, we're down to ten men. We've got five minutes to go." just launch it long, mate. What yeah. are you doing? And if, whether or not he said, oh, well Arteta said, do this and do that. You know, he just said, screw it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think if he was shouting, I mean, I was watching it on Amazon with the commentary off mm. and I saw a few times Arteta was getting a bit animated and shouting at the food players mm. and you could tell they weren't listening to him. They yeah. I,
0: did, I did hear him towards the end of the game and I think it's the first time I've ever heard Arteta say the words long from, like, yeah. a goal kick or anything. Because every time I've watched games, I've always tried to have the fake crowd noise off so you can hear him and stuff, and you can, like, yeah. hear it. Normally, it's laka, a laka, a or something, you know, like
1: that. It's yeah. just all you're saying. Yeah. You yeah. can turn the fake noise off on the yeah. Amazon Prime if you yeah. go into the setting somewhere. But, um, turn yeah, the off hearing, hearing
0: Mikel Arteta shout um, uh, long go long is very strange. But even he knew at that point, it's just like, just get out the pitch, get away from our goal, and just, you know, and yeah,
1: just but- leave. Uh, yeah but at that stage if they were going to score with a 30 yard yeah you know thunder but whatever yeah that is what it is we can sort of blame the red card
0: mm. if
1: leno makes a stupid back pass and miss you know and falls over and they tap it in the net that's actually worse than losing the game because yeah. we've twice shot ourselves in the foot so i think the last 20 minutes the only thing they really had was like shots from distance which I think Leno had a few where he just caught. what They weren't really
0: yeah.
1: that difficult.
0: Um, oh, sorry. So a question in the chat just quickly. Samson, uh, Jason is no longer on the pod. Um, he did the last God, three years straight doing the radio show and was pretty much on for every single game. And I think he even did when we did like the World Cup or Euros or whatever it was in the summer. So he basically was like completely knackered um, from doing it for so long.
1: Um, I had a lot of the specials as well, didn't
0: he? Yeah. Not yeah, not just the radio show. He did the regular podcast, the specials, and everything. So he was just exhausted. But he's still on Twitter. So if you are on Twitter, you can still follow Jason. He still chats about the Arsenal. We all still talk to him and stuff. But yeah, he just needed a, a nice break and a rest. Um, hopefully one day we can get him back, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, that's it for the game itself. Just talking about individuals a little bit. Obviously, great for Abamyang. Saka, again, I think, was probably our best player. Um, what did you make of Pepe tonight? Obviously, back from his suspension now. He's done pretty well in the Europa League, but I thought he was pretty anonymous tonight. I know, obviously, first half, we didn't really have the ball, so it's maybe a little bit harsh. But second half, when we were playing
1: better, I still thought every time he got it, he didn't quite do enough with it. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be going backwards. He's having... He had first season syndrome, and now he's having second season syndrome as well. Which it, you normally really get one or the other, don't you? But I just I don't know if he's if he suits how we're playing at the moment. I mean, I don't want to be that guy talking about YouTube videos and all that. But let's like I say I never I never heard of him before we signed him. I mean, I don't even think Chris was talking about him. So obviously, he came under the radar. If Chris wasn't talking about him, he was still talking about. You know, Malcolm and Lamar and people like that. And it seems like all of the goals he scored, obviously minus the penalties, were on the counter attack. Like, and he was breaking from deep with space. Whereas how we seem to be playing at the moment, and especially when we keep going a goal down, which means they just, you know, sit back, part of the bus or whatever he hasn't got that space to run into and he had, and when he has done and tried, he does get fouled quite a lot as well. I don't know if he's just having second thoughts about this league as well. Looks yeah. like a bit too physical for him. I do. I did. Yeah. I mean,
0: data makes a great point in the chat. The reason why I thought Cedric might start tonight is because he's played with Pepe a lot in the Europa League. Um, I understand maybe they picked pick Maitland-Niles because of the threat of Walcott if he goes to the left or um, Armstrong as well, who are both very quick players. So to cover in that sense. But yeah, because Maitland-Niles is playing there, Pepe hasn't got the greatest support. I, I did think when we went down to 10 men for the period he was still on the pitch, I thought he would be the outball because that's basically the way Lille played is that they sat back, they'd win the ball and they'd knock it long for Pepe to run on, to, on for. So, you know... Um, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, as I said earlier, we're going to try and keep it a little bit shorter than last show because I think last time we went for about an hour and 20 minutes, mainly because Danny was on the waffles. Um, so if you do have any questions, please fire away in the chat box or if you're on Twitch, I think Danny can do some magic and make it come up on the screen. Um, I've got one for you, Nick, from Sai Vash. Can we ask Arteta and Edu to sack each other?
1: <laughs> well, we could try. We saw him. He was in the stand today you know, with his mask on and sort of, you know, waving his arms all the time. I was like, well, you know, you're quite pally with Arteta, but I don't know who are they going to listen to. I mean, if we ask them politely to sack each other, I don't think they're going to do it. But <laughs> yeah. you never know, we could try.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's a strange one. I would also say to the lots of people, I'll just get to this one in case it does come up in the chat or anyone is going to ask it. Uh, lots of people saying, can we get Allegri or Pochettino? Um, I'd imagine they're both waiting for bigger jobs. I know that hurts saying that as Arsenal fans. I'm a big Arsenal fan, but there are bigger clubs than us. Um, if you don't like the way Arteta plays football, then you'd fucking hate the way Allegri plays football because it is not fun to watch. It gets results, but it's proper boring. He'd also want a lot of money to spend on players. Um, and even if you did sack Arteta, you've got to remember, it's probably Edu who picks the next you know, manager which means I assume he can only then ring Keir Dharabshin and ask if he's got a manager as, you know, he's an agent for a manager or something. Has he still so, got Vieira's
1: phone number? Oh, yeah, that's true. I think he's yeah. Vieira's uh, agent, isn't he, I think? Dharabshin? Uh, I think, yeah. But also, yeah. can I just add to that, when you were talking about Allegri and that, I don't think they're looking for, you know, a better job. They're looking for an easier job because Arsenal have got a big rebuild coming mm-hmm. in the next yeah. 12 months to 18 months. So, like, so say with Arteta, yeah, he should be doing better than this now. I think we will start doing a lot better the second half of the season. Mm. But, you know, who are you going to trust to bring in five or six first-team players? Yeah, that's
0: this is the thing. Like, with everyone saying it, and I get it, right, it's not great to watch and I'm not enjoying it at all and this is not me blindly backing Arteta and thinking he's the saviour, but I think the club needs an overhaul big, big time. Um, you know, the squad needs a massive overhaul. You've got a lot of players going out of contracts in the summer, which will free up a lot of wages. There are also a lot of the players who aren't in the squad, but are still around the squad. So that takes away a lot of the negativity and all the big leaks that are coming on. So I think you have to have a long-term plan. But if, if when Arteta has got his proper squad it's not working out, then by all means, I'd go, yeah, sack him. And don't get me wrong, if this season, like, nosedives, like, horrendously, and we are properly scrapping relegation, then I'd be like, all right, just have to accept Arteta came at the wrong time, because I think he is going to be a very good manager. It's just my opinion, not everyone's going to agree with me, it's fine. Um, But, if you swap Arteta for someone else now, you get the new manager bounce, for a couple of months, then the players will get bored, they're down tools again, and you'll end up with the same squad of players because they'll get to stick around because they've had an f- improvement in terms of results and everything, and you're just going to go back through that same cycle again. You look at, like, our opponents tonight, Southampton, they brought in Hatton Hootle, didn't work out for a long time, but like, last season they lost 9-0, I think it was, you know. Um, But... If you give the project long enough, it does start to turn around. And you can see now Southampton have a clear way of playing. They've got a really good youth academy. They identify their targets early and they go and get them. I'm not saying Arteta is going to work out and we're going to win leagues or Champions Leagues or whatever. I hope that's the case. But you have to give him time and you have to give him a real squad and you have to be able to get rid of a lot of the deadwood that we do not need at this club because there are so many
1: players. How long do you think this th- This is a <laughs> five-year plan he's got? Because obviously... Yeah. When because we, we talked to Arteta at the same time as Emery, and we mm. went with Emery, which, in my opinion, was kind of the quick fix, come in, sign two or three players, we'll be back up into the Champions League, everything's happy. And note that pretty much failed, mm. you know, and then we were struggling. now. Whereas Arteta, you can see he's looking for not this season, probably not next season, but the three seasons after. I mean, I was looking today... You know, which you can't compare us to Man City or Chelsea because they've just got the money and the players, even out on loan. You know, they can just replace a whole squad in one transfer yeah. window almost if they wanted to. But when you look at Klopp's first full season under Liverpool, which is where Arteta is now because he signed yeah. when they got rid of Rodgers, I think we're about the same on points like one point in it. And they had some terrible results, like losing three, four nil to. Yeah. Palace and stuff like that. And I remember, it. you know, you had people calling for Klopp's head, he's no good, bloody bloody blah, blah blah But he was still trying to get rid of, you know, the bad players at that squad, getting his players, which a lot of, you know, when they spent the Louis Suarez money on some absolutely average players, two or three good players from Southampton, but two or three, you know, average ones as well. You know, that's what Arteta's job he's going to try and do. But for yeah. us to sack him now, you know we could look. So we could bring in a manager, give him, you know, a hundred million of Stan Kroenke's money in January, and yeah, we might get back up towards the top four. But in twelve months, we'll probably be back where we are now.
0: Yeah, and you'd have given a load of new players, big contracts, and then that manager gets sacked. Another guy comes in and he goes, "Well, these aren't my players. I don't want these players. I can't work with them." Yeah. And, and it's the same thing again. And uh, Phil Maka in the chat and David as well, I, I am not in any way saying Arteta is blameless. He's not. I, I agree. He definitely takes some of the blame. And fair play to him, he's actually fronted up to that. Um, you know, Willian was his choice. I thought at the time it was sensible because he's an experienced player. He's won, you know, titles. He's won cups. You bring him in to help develop and bring through the likes of Reese Nelson, maybe help Pepe a little bit, that kind of thing. He's come in and unfortunately come into a team that's playing absolute garbage. And he's been shit as well. And he's been really, really disappointing. Um, I'm not pleased with the length of the contract we gave him or how much money we gave him. That's down to, you know, roll and husfalme and people like that who are no longer at the club, funnily enough. So, you know, he's made some mistakes, but then, you know, Gabriel, Partey, um, those players have been really, really good. I don't I think you also you've got to look at the fact that when he did come in, he did turn it around big time from the way we were playing. Um, and players like Xhaka and Mustafi as well were playing unbelievable under him. They were like brand new. Now it's not working, understandably. But I think anyone who realistically looks at the squad knew Xhaka wasn't going to be a long-term member of this squad. It was always going to be, we have to use him up until we get a replacement, as a like with a lot of the players. And unfortunately, COVID hits. You can't sell everyone. You can't move people on us way you some on the loans for the likes of Grandouzie and stuff like that. Get to the end of the, you know, summer, then those players are all gone and they're, they're out of contract. Um, anyway, I can't even remember where that all came from. That was just from one question. Um, right, Michael from Twitch asks, why is the passing so bad? Is it simply down to low confidence or the players are stressed so many times the ball was lost due to poor passes? Um I think if you look at the actual passing stats, I think if you look like Ceballos and Elneny, they're probably very high completion. Um, Gabriel did some really good passing tonight. I think Tierney did as well. The The issue is, is when it goes from that midfield or from one of the wide players into the forwards. That's where it really breaks down. And it's just not having the quality. It's down to that. I do agree our passing is not as sharp or as good as it should be. But I think that's also a reality of the fact that Elneny is like a six out of 10 player. And, you know, also I think Sabios is probably a little bit overrated by people as well. I don't think he's that amazing a midfield. Um, yeah, the other thing is, like he says, the forward passing stats are probably pretty low. Um, you know, so I think it is it's partly stress. Part of it is being scared to play the way Arteta wants to play, which is maybe why they saw them go a little bit longer tonight, just to make them feel a little bit more reassured and go, okay, we don't have to pass out from the back so much um, tonight. It's just one of those things that comes with confidence. When you're more comfortable and confident on the ball, you can then make those passes and make those quicker judgments. Um, It's simple as that. So. Uh Eric Gier asks why do we start games so badly not only under Arteta but Emery and Winger's last days also I have no idea how many times we've been asked this question Nick I've, I've had this question for about four years running on this radio show um, do you want to have a stab at answering it because I never found out the reason
1: <laughs> I think we're not as good as we were and that's what it comes down to whereas you know when we were you know even in the you know early 2010s up till you know, 2015 or whatever, we were that good going forward and passable at the back, you know, with Mertesacker, Koscielny, Sanyo, people like that. You know, we knew we were good enough to score goals at any time. We knew the game plan. As that sort of dried up a bit and we're not as good as we were, we're being a little bit more reactionary to the other side rather than, you know, you know, Venga's plan was always the same. We're just gonna go out there and score goals and you can't touch us. That's what it was. And now we're not as good as that. So we're like, and we're worrying more about the opposition. And I think what was it? I think that was the Burnley game. It was on the Tuesday Club where he was saying in the um programme how he went on for about seven or eight paragraphs, how brilliant Burnley were. And I'm like, Really? Yeah. Burnley? You talk you're talking that much praise up against a team that were bottom of the league. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't sound like you're full of confidence at the moment. No. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think that's what it is. We're not as good as we were. So we're waiting to see how they play whilst they're waiting to see how we play. And that's why we start the game so slowly and where we're sometimes better in the second half or worse, you know, in each half. So we did that under Emery as well and under Wenger where we'd be... Yeah diabolical in one half, we'd get told to play a certain way, go out there and do it once, you know, the manager has addressed how the other team is playing. Because I don't think we've got maybe David Luiz, but other than that, we haven't got many players that could, you know, control the team, you know, and tell them what to do and adapt, you know, when other teams are changing formations and things like that
0: yeah that they, they, that's a really good way of putting it, actually reactionary because under wenger it was this is the way we're going to play the goals will come and we'll get them and it would just eventually we'd wear a team down whereas now yeah I, I think the quality of the players has definitely gone down and the confidence probably in in the ability in the way that we maybe we don't want to see them to play but you've had you know freddie come in who you know it was only a couple of games but then you had emery who had a very distinct style and arteta is clearly trying to Print your style on the team, but at the moment it's not not working yet. Um, just quickly on the passing one for Michael from Twitch data in our YouTube chat. Let's put some stats <laughs> in. So um the passing wasn't that bad tonight. The problem is is how many of them are actually forward passes. So El was 36 out of 40, uh, Sabayas was 35 out of 39, Gabriel was 33 out of 40, 31 out of 37 for Bob Holding, and then you notice the two fullbacks. Much lower percentage wise, 25 out of 33 and 24 out of 38. That's for Tierney and for Maitland niles respectively. So, again, those, when you look at um, the players who get into more advanced areas or should be getting to more advanced areas, the percentages do drop a lot more. Um, uh, And you've just got, here we go, forward passes for Arsenal, 119 of 183 attempted, and Southampton, 235 of 306. It's just, Yeah. look. At the moment, the confidence is not high. We've been in shit form. Um, I would have loved to have won tonight, but I think considering how badly we played in the first half to turn round the performance in the second, get the goal, Saka was brilliant. Aubameyang finally scoring um, in open play, which is really good and really needed for his confidence. Um, And then obviously we had the stupidity of the sending off, the fact we still held on to the point, I think it's one of those you have to take it as glass half full and go, we would all love three points, but given the circumstances, the way we've been playing and the form Southampton have been in, I don't think a point is a terrible result.
1: Yeah, I mean, we lost the last four at the Emirates, so obviously one point is better than zero.
0: Yeah, you know, that as well. So you have to take it all in context. Um, The other big thing as well is you are going to see more rotation because I think we've got a game like every... Three four days now probably through till January so um, you're going to see more rotation so actually all these red cards are going to start to stack up and start to bite us in the ass a bit but we'll see what happens Um, that's it for tonight's show Um, I'm just going to do all my pluggy bits now so if you don't like any of the plugging you can leave now but thank you very much for watching if you did enjoy the show though please hit the thumbs up button Uh, if you want to know when we go live hit subscribe and hit the little bell icon Thank you for everyone watching on Twitch. You can subscribe to our Twitch. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. Cost you nothing. Uh, if you would like to use it on us, that'd be amazing. You can also go and watch Nick uh, Nick fights on Twitch. We stream games and all sorts of things. You, you can go in there and annoy him about Arsenal or we'll talk to him about something much more interesting.
1: Yeah, come and see me. i have just keep getting Man United supports coming. <laughs> go give go give
0: Nick some support because he's getting abused by the United fans. Um, and also, we still have the Manscaped discount code. So at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can use the code Burcamp. You get 20% off at Manscaped. And um, they sent me a lovely package with the lawnmower and the underwear and all the ball toner, all the other stuff is amazing. Seriously. It's worth checking it out. So there you go. Nice, easy present for your loved ones. Uh, also, the ladies can use it as well. But yeah, that is it from us tonight. So I just leave you to say thank you for coming on and joining me, Nick. Yeah, cheers for having us on again, John. Uh, always a pleasure. And thank you for everyone for listening. Um, be sure to check out yesterday. We did a bit of an old school podcast. We got uh, Chris, I know, Chris the Pirate was back on the podcast, as was Raj as well who has not been on for a very, very long time, so um, they were back on with Danny, so nice old school vibe uh, and Chris was obviously ranting and Raj was sat in there eating three other and laughing at Chris, so well worth a listen, but we'll be back for the next game, which is, oh god who are we playing next? Uh, Everton away on, is that Saturday? Yeah, that's the Saturday game, isn't it? So, we'll be back to that, I've got no idea who's doing it yet, might be me, who knows But hope to see you all again then. Uh, Danny, switch the shit
1: off. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.